I've gotten a lot of feedback from the podcast. People have said to me about make, you know, making the things we talk about in our message practical and applicable, which is great feedback. You're like, I love what you said, but I need to know better ways to utilize it. I like that. I, I can get down with that. And a lot of times I take what I'm trying to make useful to you guys versus whatever I'm going over in, in my personal life. And I don't consider Renaissance business life. It's personal life to me. I've gone this process. I'm trying to track the stuff that I've talked about the last several weeks and then what applies today because it's kind of the practicality of what I'm talking about in the messages. If I put it in a, in a path and make it like a giant sentence like I used to do in the past just by accident, now I'm doing it with intention, it's more usable to people that are hearing this message wherever they're at or you know whatever you guys do with it. And I don't want to do messages for the sake of me talking to you guys. I want to do it so you guys can use it to be all happy and better at life and at Renaissance. That's part of the game plan, right? When I talk about the things that I'm going through in my messages, these are things that I'm practicing for me and I think that they're useful to you. So the last couple of weeks we, we spoke about proactive sustainability, proactive awareness, growth, and then last week or two weeks ago we spoke about focus. And if you look at your notes in those order, in those order of events, you'll realize how they apply. So you talk about focus. I talked about distraction, commitment, challenges, resolve, priorities, plan, and execute. Now, I get into this week's message, and this week's message is about calm. It's literally about calm. C-A-L-M, calm. How calm are you? How calm can you be? When are you calm? When are you not calm? Many of you that know me, or have known me over a prolonged period of time, I can you know, specifically talk to my son and daughter, they will tell you that dad's just not usually a calm person. I can tell you guys when JT was in high school and I would ask him about school and Sophia would go to her room because she knew an argument was coming. No, no, no nonsense. She would literally leave her room and it wasn't a very good environment to be around. It probably played itself into part of why I'm divorced. All seriousness, you know, my daughter would go to her room and say, I don't want to be around this. That happened a lot. We could talk to him later about it, but yeah, that happened. So I got to a point in my life that I don't want to argue anymore. I don't even want to be mad anymore. I don't. There's a lot of opportunities since my children have been here. I've had a, a chance to um, interact with them and uh, JT disagrees with me on most things. So it's ample opportunity for an argument. I haven't argued once with JT about Renaissance, not once. I disagree with him, I don't argue with him. And yesterday, he was trying to pick an argument with me. He was trying his best because we disagreed on something. He's going to make a face, oh, I wasn't. I know my son's, I know him. He's my son. I raised him. And I know when he's trying to pick an argument, I'm going, not going to happen. I said, this is why I want to run the business and that's what I want to do. The good part was, instead of arguing with me, he stated his case in a very calm manner. And I believe part of the reason why I was able to be calm with me because I was being calm with him. I'm not saying that he did it to, to be better than me. I'm saying that he saw his father role modeling behavior and said, well, I'm going to do the same because if that's what's normal, that's what's expected, then that's what I can do. Let's talk about why being calm is important. Calm is an emotion. Think about fury. Fury is an emotion. Excitement is an emotion. Anger is an emotion. These are all emotions we all feel. Do you believe that when you're angry, you're making good decisions? Do you believe you're making decisions that are in the best interest of you or Renaissance? Do you believe that? Decisions that are in the best interest of your family or someone that you care about, do you believe that for one second? I don't. I don't make good decisions if I'm emotional. I know this. I accept it. I own it. 
per cat's accountability, I gotta be accountable to myself. If you make a decision that you know is gonna impact your life in a great way, shame on you for knowing why you're emotional. That's how I came up with DEAR, digest, evaluate, analyze, respond. That's the purpose of DEAR, to not make a decision when I'm emotional. That is why I came up with it. Now, you've all been hearing me talk about DAR for over two, three years now. I had to come up with a tool. I need a tool to get the emotion out of my business, to get the emotion out of my opportunities with my kids. So yesterday, when I was on the phone with JT going over the issue that could have led to an argument, I really thought to myself, hey, you need to back away from this and think about it. And I did, I just backed away from the call. I was like, I, I gotta go, JT. And, and we got off the phone. And I thought about certain things and I know I made, I know I, I believe I made the best decision possible the way I'm going to handle it. Because I removed the emotion from it. I was able to calm down and step away. Why is emotion so critical to your thought process? If someone had to describe me when I'm emotional and I'm talking, they would say he's illogical and irrational. So if I'm illogical and irrational, how am I supposed to make a good decision? You can't. If you do, it's by luck. It won't be based on intent. It'll be completely by luck. When you're emotional, you generally think quicker than you do when you're not. And I didn't say quicker like good. This, we're not talking about speed and accuracy. We're not talking about IQ. It's the opposite. It's speed and inaccuracy. We're hasty when we're emotional or irrational. We're hasty. We just want this pain in our brain to stop. We want the frustration to go away. So we just go, heck with it. I'm just going to do this. Oof. That just... That's, and by the way, think about your thought process the next time you're in that moment. I don't care. I'm just going to do this. Well, if you got to tell yourself, heck with it, I don't care, that's not the choice you want to make because you just said, I don't care. You've all done it. I do it. I don't care. I'm just going to give my car away. I don't care. I'm just going to let my house burn down. I don't care. I'm just going to throw it in the trash. What? If you have to say, I don't care, then don't. Just leave it. I don't. Just stop there. Don't go to the care part. I don't. Right now, I don't. I'm not going to. I'm going to back away. I'm going to give myself some time to digest this, evaluate it, analyze, and then I'm going to respond to it. So one of the applications of being calm is D-E-A-R. Use it. It works. And if, if you're talking to somebody and they say, I need to know now, I need an answer now, that's them being irrational. Let them. That's not your problem. If someone can't wait for you to give them a better answer when you're calm, then you don't deserve to have to give them an answer. Shame on them. They shouldn't put their emotion on you. That's their burden. Their choice is not your burden. It's a circumstance. Be mindful. This is another practical tool to use. If someone's giving you a burden, tell them you don't want to carry it. They've created a circumstance for you, not a burden for you. I have it written up on my wall. Your choice is not my burden. It's not. If someone else chooses to leave Renaissance or chooses to leave me, and later they find out they're not happy with their new job or with their new relationship, that's not my burden. That's on them. As my Isabella told me, someday, Dad, you're going to be really, really happy. And someone might come back to you. You're not going to want them back. I hope she's right. Because that in that moment, that's an emotional thing for me. And I just listen and digest it. I don't respond when she's saying because that's very emotional to me. But isn't it amazing that a girl that was then 13 had the calmness to say something at that level? She was 13 when she told me that. 13. Blows my mind. That my 13-year-old daughter could role model what calm looks like to me, the maniac.
my little 13-year-old daughter inspired me to be more calm, which I believe benefits JT and my relationship. So JT, we should thank Isabella, because we're calm now. What's the best way to maintain your calmness? In life, especially at Renaissance, the best way to maintain calm? Well, let me back up. Have you ever had a homework assignment or a test or a quiz that you haven't prepared for? And the night before the test, how calm are you? How calm are you the night before that test? Yeah, everybody knows that feeling. Everybody in this room has felt that. Oh my God. By the way, there's a word for that. They call it cramming. I'm cramming for my test tomorrow. I got my final, my quiz, my paper, my speech, my public speaking event, and we all cram. Anybody ever feel calm? And, and you don't know where to start. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Uh, you're just overwhelmed. We all have experienced that. If you went first grade, second grade, 12th grade, you've experienced what I'm talking about. So what weren't you for that test? What didn't you do for that quiz, that final? What didn't you do? You didn't prepare. If you are prepared for most situations in life, you can maintain calm. Preparedness is the key. So when I come into my meetings, I'm calm. How come? I'm prepared. I know what I want to talk about. I don't always know how I'm going to talk about it, but that's irrelevant. I know it's going to come to me in the moment. But I'm calm because I'm prepared. So when we go to markets, the, the high point in the, the Las Vegas market over the last many years, those that would travel, we knew the, the couple days leading up to it, I was very, very nervous. I was not calm. Do you know why? Because I knew we were not as prepared as we could have been. That's why. I knew I'm not prepared. I'm angst, I'm emotional, I'm irrational because I'm not prepared for what's about to happen. So if you look since the pandemic, I go to these markets, it's bizarre because I'm calm. I'm not going, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen at this market. I'm super calm. Why? Because we are so prepared, it's ridiculous. We're preparing for high point right now, already. We are preparing for the next market the day after this one stops. That's how you prepare for stuff. That's how you maintain calm. So now when we're maintaining calm as a business, as human beings, what can you do when you're calm? You can become the best version of yourself and excel whatever it is you're prepared for. Whatever it is you set out to do, whatever it is your goal is, you will do it to the best of your ability. Why? Because you're making rational, logical choices while you're trying to get it done. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to be calm in all circumstances. I spent a week with a bunch of people and one particular person, they were describing me to one of their family members. And the family member said, that doesn't even sound like him. Now this person only knows me from the last week. The person says that doesn't sound like me. But that entire week of being around these people, I focus on just being calm. It was my focus. I want to be calm. I don't want to raise my voice. I don't want to be mad. Matter of fact, I don't want to get mad anymore. My goal is to no longer be mad about anything. That's my goal. And if you've talked to me in the last month, year, two years, you come tell me how many times have you seen me mad? Literally. That doesn't mean I don't get upset. How many times have you seen me mad? Fadi, you and I talk about it all the time. Fadi could tell you from 10 years ago, Ted was mad on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Fadi told me, I don't know, we talked about maybe six months ago. Fadi goes, I can't remember the last time I saw you mad. He said it to me. I didn't ask him. He brought it up. He goes, I've seen change in you that makes me want to change. Do you remember this conversation I'm talking about, Fadi? Sorry to put you on the spot, buddy. 
but it meant a lot to me that he brought up. He goes, Ted, you're, you're very controlled all the time now. I was like, yeah. He said, even two years ago, you were different. You did a timeline of some stuff. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Not because I'm better, not because I'm better than anybody in this room, but we all need to know, like the, like the dashboard, we need to know what is my baseline? What are my standards? Where is my growth? Am I a tree that's growing? Or am I a tree that's dying? What am I doing with my life? Do I want to be a better person or not? I know I want to be better. Do you want to be better? If the answer is yes, what are you doing to get better? What are you doing to control yourself? And I know people say control is a fallacy. Control is a fallacy. Guess the one thing you can't stop. You can never stop this. You will never be able to stop this. Your thoughts. They never will stop. People go, oh, I just want to not think. Good luck with that. That's like saying, oh, I'm going to not breathe for the next 24 hours. Breathing and thinking, they're subconscious. They're going to happen no matter what you do. If you're going to think, why not have some sort of influence over what you're thinking about? Chris is preparing for a wedding. If Chris is prepared, when that day comes, he'll be calm and be able to enjoy it. If he's not prepared, the day's going to suck. True story, Chris. We, anyone that's ever been married knows what I'm talking about. My last wedding, bro, I was mopping the floor. Some of you guys saw it. I wasn't prepared for the rain. I didn't even think about it. You know, do a at-home wedding on site and don't consider rain. Mm. Tent was huge. It was a big tent. It didn't have waterproofing. Mud was deep. You know, we had people pulling each other out, right? I wasn't prepared. So those of you who saw me, some of you guys showed up in your suits and said, Ted, are you gonna go put your tux on? I wasn't prepared, hence I wasn't calm. I wasn't. It's the best example I can give you guys. I wasn't calm, and those of you there knew I wasn't calm. If you're prepared for most circumstances, you will be more calm than you are if you're not prepared. And if you're calm, you will make better choices. If you make better choices, you will get better results. Who doesn't want better results in their life? I do, I strive for them. Who doesn't want better results for Renaissance? I do. I strive for them. If you have a better life at home, you have a better life at Renaissance, Renaissance will be a better business. It'll make more revenue. It'll make more profit. And we'll all get compensated better. That's what we all should want. If I have a, a more calm life, my children will react with me in a good way. They'll engage in me in a good way. They'll want to be around me. Well, that's what I want. I don't want my kids not to want to be around me. I don't want my kids to say at this point, well, Sophia doesn't live with me anymore. She's a grown woman now. She says, at home, I'm going to go to my room. That's how she'd avoid me. But she was only up the steps. I could say whatever I wanted. Now I can't. And if I'm not calm, and my daughter doesn't want to be around me, that's not okay. That sucks. And if you're a father or mother, and your children don't want to be around you, you have failed. As a parent, you have failed. So you know what your parents are. If you want to be around them or not, think about that. I don't want that to be a legacy for me where my kids don't want to be around me. So if you say, what's your motivation? We all know my motivation is my faith and my family. So God said, maintain joy and peace. And my children said, Dad, if you're calm, we'll be around you. They never said those words to me, but that's the gist of it all. So if you want to find out my motivation, the good news is my motivation is inside these four walls almost every day. You know, whether my kids or you guys. Figure out your motivation and plan for it. Prepare yourself. Maintain calm and then be as effective as you can, be the best version of yourself, and I assure you, you will love the results of being calm. No one's ever said, I'm too calm. I'm so calm, the results of this suck. I'm gonna start being crazy and wicked. 
I don't know. Maybe one of you guys are oddballs. I don't know. I, that doesn't work for me. I've had someone recently tell me, no, you're at your best when you're on fire. Well, on fire doesn't mean not calm. You can plan on fire. You can schedule it. You can prepare for it. That's what we can all do. So it's okay to be excited. It's okay to be on fire if you're prepared for it. So I come in here, I'm excited talking in these meetings, but I'm excited because I'm prepared. Y'all see my notes all the time. I'm prepared. I am always prepared for these things. So I love it. Go prepare your life to be happy by being calm.